As you watch this teaching, I would like to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. This is Monday night. I'm just sitting here having a very interesting conversation with Paul and Denise talking about how do you know somebody is a spiritual person? We've been laughing and debating among ourselves because we all have opinions about how to recognize if somebody is a spiritual person. But the point is, we're already having home group right here. And we're glad that you've joined us. And I was looking at us. We all three showed up in black clothes tonight. Yes, we did. Denise, you're wearing colorful earrings. I brought, I brought some light to the subject. Yes, we're so glad that you did. <laughs> we're so glad you joined us. We're going to have a good time tonight. We're going to continue talking about why we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Somebody recently said to me, you know, we were looking for a church where the gifts of the Holy Spirit were in operation. We looked and looked and looked and looked, and in our city, we can't find one. So we ended up going to a Baptist church because there's good Bible teaching. Charismatic churches don't have gifts of the Spirit anyway, so we just decided to go to a church where there's good Bible teaching. What has happened that the gifts of the Holy Spirit seem to have vacated? The problem is we're just not making room for them. The Holy Spirit hasn't changed. He's the same. We changed. We've made room for people, but we have failed to make room for the Holy Spirit. We have to make room for the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit to move. And many people today don't even know that we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that's why I want you to get my series called Why We Need the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's a very logical and sensible approach to this question. And it comes with a study guide, which is free. You can get the study guide for free at renner.org. And we're also offering you my book, which is small. But Denise, this book really is a treasure. Why We Need the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. Every single page is just loaded. Paul, have you ever read this book? No, I don't think I've ever. I read The Holy Spirit in you. You need to read this book. Yes. I mean, especially as a pastor, you need to know why we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. All right, well, give it to me. Well, I'll give it to you after the program. Okay. But we're glad <laughs> you this tonight. And if you need prayer, please let us know how to pray for you. We would love to pray with you. Just give us a call or send us an email. We're always here for you. But guys, tonight we're going to go to 1 Corinthians, and we're going to be looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit tonight and tomorrow night. And we're going to begin in 1 Corinthians, are you ready? Chapter 12, <coughs> verse 7, where the Apostle Paul says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And I want us to begin with the word manifestation. The word manifestation, the Greek word phanerosis, means to appear or to manifest. It describes something, listen to this, that can be seen. Something conspicuous, observable, or obvious, which means when the gifts of the Holy Spirit operate in our midst, the Holy Spirit becomes visible, clear, and obvious. It takes that out of the unseen realm and brings it right into the conspicuous realm where you can actually see the work of the Holy Spirit. And the verse says that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given to every man. The word every man is a Greek word, hekestos, which means every man, no one excluded. 
which means if you're born again by the Spirit of God and baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are a candidate for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to operate in you. And this is important for you to know because some people say, well, that just happens in special people. If be really anointed to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That verse doesn't say that. It says every man, all inclusive. So the gifts of the Spirit should operate in every saved member of the church. Amen. And the verse says they are given to profit with all. Well, that is so different than what we were taught because we were taught that people who spoke in tongues and people who moved in the gifts of the Holy Spirit just produced silliness. But this verse clearly says they're given to profit us and to profit with all. Everybody should get a bang out of this. There should be a benefit for everybody. And the word profit describes a joint or a shared benefit, which means the entire church should have a supernatural advantage when the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in operation. And the devil knows that. And that is why the devil has tried to stop it. That is why the devil today is still trying to stop it, telling pastors and telling churches, well, if you operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you'll scare people. That is not true. It's just not true. It didn't scare me. Probably didn't scare you. Didn't scare you. The gifts of the Holy Spirit work like a magnet. They attract people. Might scare a few, but not many. Even a few people were scared by Jesus' ministry. They begged him to flee from one area because they were so afraid of his power, but that wasn't everybody. It attracted most people. But when you go to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, Paul continues and he says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. So there are diversities. In other words, there's multiple kinds of gifts. And the word gifts is a form of the word charis, which is the word for grace. But here is the word charismata, charisma, and it describes grace-given gifts. It's where you get the term for a charismatic. So if you're a charismatic, you believe and embrace the moving of Holy Spirit's gifts. But it's plural, which means there's multiple kinds of spiritual gifts. Then he adds in verse 5, there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. That's what the King James Version says. Mm -hmm. The word administrations is the Greek word diakonia, which is the word for a server who brings food to the table. And here's what it means. Each spiritual gift brings something unique to the table that every member of the church needs. Isn't that something? The Holy Spirit brings something different to the table through every person. Then in verse 6 it says there are diversities of operations. The word operations is a Greek word which describes effects, outcomes, or results. So now we find every gift of the Spirit brings something different to the table. That's why we need all of them. And every gift of the Spirit produces a different outcome or a different effect. All of these gifts are given for reasons to every single person by the same Lord, by the same Spirit, and all of them bring something different to the table, and each one of them variously have different results and different effects. Isn't that amazing? I think that I would just wish somebody had told me these things when I was young, Denise. Well, we didn't get told that. We did not. But when you get to chapter 12 and verse 8, then Paul begins to specifically describe gifts of the Spirit. And he says, <clears throat> For to one is given by the Spirit, the word of wisdom. 
And many people take this to mean that they're given wisdom. But it doesn't say they're given wisdom. It's not the gift of wisdom. It is not. I remember one time when we were back in the Baptist church, a leading member of the church came to me and she said, oh, I believe you have the gift of wisdom that's listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There is no such thing as a gift of wisdom. It's the word of wisdom. And the word word is the Greek word logos, which describes a word and it depicts fragmentary information. It's not a whole message. It's just a little tiny fragment of wisdom. The word wisdom is a Greek word sophia, which describes special insight. So it's fragmentary information that imparts to you insight that you need about some situation in your life or in the life of someone else. It's wisdom not naturally known and just a fragment of wisdom. This gift of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to read from my notes, operates in a moment when a fragment of insight is supernaturally revealed about an individual or about a situation. A word of wisdom <coughs> provides insight into future events that could not be naturally known. An example is in Acts chapter 27. And in Acts chapter 27, the Apostle Paul's on a ship headed to Rome, and they're in a horrific storm. He goes to sleep, and he receives a word of, a word of wisdom. And the word of wisdom is, this crash, this ship is going to crash, but you're going to live and everybody with you and you're going to appear before Caesar. It was just a fragment. It didn't say how they were going to be saved. Mm -hmm. didn't say what else was going to happen. It was just a fragment that gave insight for that moment and that situation. This is a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit. Then we move to the word of knowledge, which is also listed in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8. <clears throat> Word of knowledge. Guess what? The word word, again, is the word logos. It's not a whole message of knowledge. It's not a whole discourse of knowledge. It's a word. Fragmentary insight. Fragmentary information of knowledge. The Greek word gnosis. Listen to what I've written. This describes a fragment of special knowledge not naturally known. It is the ability to supernaturally know facts and details that one could never naturally know. When a word of knowledge is given to a believer by the Holy Spirit, it often illuminates listeners to God's personal involvement in facts and details in their life. It is amazing. And an example is John chapter 4, verses 5 to 30. Do you guys remember what happened in that verse? It's Jesus came to the well, and a woman came. And when she came, <clears throat> Jesus had a word of knowledge about her. Remember what he said to her? He said, woman, you've had multiple husbands. Well, how did he know that? That was a word of knowledge. He didn't know everything about her. But he said, you've had multiple husbands, and the man you're living with right now is not your husband. I'm sure she must have thought, what in the world? And in fact, she went home and she said, the prophet is here. I, I just met a prophet. She knew this was a man in whom the gifts of the Holy Spirit operated. Jesus didn't know everything about her, but he knew enough that when he spoke it, she said, this is God talking to me. The word of knowledge makes you really aware that God is aware of facts and details about your life. 
And for me, I first saw this operating Catherine Kuhlman when she would stand on the stage and she would get a fragment of information about somebody in the crowd. Somebody over there, you're wearing a back brace. Take it off, you've just been healed. Just a fragment. But wow, that person in the crowd knew that it was to them. Denise, you often operate in the word of knowledge. When we're in church and you say, somebody, you have something wrong with your skin right now in this very moment, it's a fragment of knowledge. You don't know everything about that person, but it's enough that that person needs to know God is going to do something in their life. It's a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit. But hey, that's not all. He goes on then to mention the gift of faith in verse 9. 1 Corinthians 12, 9, he mentions the gift of faith to another faith by the same Spirit. So now we've seen the gift of the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and now we come to the gift of faith. Well, every person has faith. Romans 12, 3 says that. It says to every man is given the measure of faith, even people that are not saved. They have a measure of faith. It's given to every single man. The Bible says that. That's not what this verse is talking about. This verse is talking about special faith. I describe it as a burst of faith <coughs> in a moment for a specific situation. It is imparted to you. It is special faith. Now, the gift of faith that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, 9 is a special faith that manifests as a sudden impartation of the Holy Spirit. It is the supernatural ability to suddenly believe for God to do his purpose in a particular situation or event. It is a supernatural burst of faith. That's the way that I describe it. I know it because it has operated in me. Suddenly it is released in you by the Holy Spirit and you cannot not believe. You just don't have the ability to doubt. You just believe. It's like suddenly there's a burst of energy, a burst of faith in you for you to believe and there's nothing that can change your ability to believe. It's a burst of faith, special faith. And an example of this can be found in Acts chapter 14. When the Apostle Paul was preaching to the crowd. He was in Lystra. And all of a sudden, he had a burst of faith. A gift of faith began to operate in Paul. And he saw a man that was lame there. And Paul said to him in that moment, stand upright on your feet. Why could he do that? Because the gift of faith was operating. And the man leaped and walked. When Paul recognized the divine gift of faith, he acted on it. And as a result, the impossible became a reality. It is like a burst of special faith. It has operated in me many, many times. Then we come to the gifts of healing. These are all gifts of the Spirit. And this is also found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, where Paul talks about the gifts of healing. And Denise, notice he doesn't call it the gift, but he uses the plural gifts, which means the gift of healing is really gifts it shows up in all different kinds of ways. Sometimes people speak it. Sometimes people lay their hands. It comes in all kinds of manifestations. But what is really fascinating here is the word healing. It is the word eaomai. This just set me free. Because the word eaomai is the Greek word for a doctor. 
It really means to doctor or to cure or to have a remedy. Well, if you're cured, it's not instantaneous. If you have a remedy, it's usually something that takes place over a period of time. If you go to a doctor, you never expect to leave the doctor instantly well, but you expect to leave with him giving you the medication you need to begin to reverse your condition and make you better over time. And what you find is healing that is mentioned here describes a progressive kind of healing. When a believer can lay his hand on the sick, he can pray in faith. If he doesn't see instant results, it's okay because he can believe for healing to begin, which means when I take my hands off of you, what I've done for you is just as good as a doctor giving you medication. It is going to begin working in you from this moment forward. It's going to continue to work in you until finally you are healed of this over a period of time. Your condition is going to be turned around and it's going to begin right now when I lay my hands on you. That is the gift of healing. Now what is really amazing to me is this word is used all over the New Testament to describe the ministry of Jesus, which means many that Jesus healed were not instantly healed. He touched them, and from that moment forward, they began to amend. Think how many scriptures describe that. Jesus spoke a word of healing. From that moment onward, they began to amend. We read it all over the Gospels. Or how about a specific example in Luke chapter 17, when Jesus spoke to the lepers. Now, Jesus had the ability to do something instantaneous, but everything that God does is not instantaneous. There are gifts of healing compared to gifts of miracles, which we're going to get into in just a moment. They come with different reasons. They have different outcomes. We've already seen that. They each bring something different to the table. Jesus could have instantly healed those lepers, but that wasn't the gift operating in him. At that particular moment, it was the gift of Eomai healing. He spoke the word to them. And the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. Now, people get more excited about miracles because you don't have to wait. And most of what's discussed for television is miracles because you can catch a miracle with a camera. You can't catch a healing because a healing might take a week. A healing might take a month. And so people don't talk about healings. They want to talk about the instantaneous. But hey, in addition to the instantaneous, there's a whole supernatural realm that is healing. It's progressive. It's just as good as the other. It has a different outcome. It has a different effect. But the gift of healing, progressive healing, is a real gift of the Holy Spirit. But then there is the working of miracles, and that's in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 10. So now let's look at that. Paul talks about the working of miracles. From the Greek word energeo, which is the Greek word for energy, the word miracles is really the word for, it's the word dunamis. The word dunamis describes the power of an invading army or a force of nature like a hurricane or an earthquake or a tornado. But when you put these two words together, Here's what it means. It is an energizing of terrific powers beyond human ability to perform that overrides the laws of nature 
and does in a blink of an eye what normally would take months and months and months or even years to do or possibly could never take place. It is a power that overrides the laws of nature. Examples. When suddenly someone who is blind can see. That's not a healing. That's an instantaneous moment when God does it. That's a miracle. Or how about when Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fishes? Mm -hmm. That's impossible. The power of God overrode the laws of nature. Or how about when Jesus walked on water? That's impossible. That was a working of miracles. When the atoms instantly solidified in the water under his feet and he walked on water as if he was walking on ground, that was the working of miracles. But it's important for us to understand that there's two. There's the gifts of healing, which normally is progressive, and then there's the working of miracles, which is instantaneous. Both of these bring something different to the table, and both of them have a different outcome. Denise? Well, <laughs> I love the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and I know that, I mean, I, I see the gifts of the Holy Spirit operate through me and and what I think I've been I, I think about it I pray about it because I know I know it's not about me in fact many 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 years ago Rick and I were ministering in the United States on the road and 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 I was seeing God what do you mean on the road on the road we even used to sing that on, on the, the road, road again. again. <laughs> we were living on the road. We were living on the road and we were teaching and you were preaching and I was singing and taking care of Paul. He was two years old and uh, Philip was like six weeks old. Yep. So that was on the road. And we were in a little tiny car. Going from hotel to hotel. And church preaching to Preaching in any place that would have yes. us. We didn't care if it was a home, a restaurant a funeral home, a church. We didn't care. If you'd open the door, we'd be there. And, and so I was seeing God operate and I was like, wow, this is like amazing. And, and, but you know, I'm so ignorant. Uh, I'm thinking it's about me. And the Holy Spirit said, what do you mean you were thinking it was about you? Well, you know, that I was spiritual and that God could do this. This kind of leads us back to how we started tonight. What is a spiritual person? <laughs> There you go. And so um, I was uh, thinking that way. And the Holy Spirit said, these gifts are not about you and they're not for you. They're for the church. And that was a really big revelation for me. And, and I see that if, if we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to operate through us, I think it takes a humility to listen to him and it takes a boldness to obey him. But the gifts are inside of you. As Rick just said, if you're a believer, the gifts are inside of you. It's what we do with them. If we don't open the door, well then he's not going to move. But if we open the door, like, like you go to church and you go, I'm tired. All I want to do is sit here and listen to this preacher. Well, then you've made your decision that what are you going to do for people while you're there? Are you going to give or are you just going to receive the whole time? 
It's our decision. But Denise, they have to be in an environment where it's welcomed. Many people would love it, but it's not welcomed. You have to make room for the Holy Spirit to move. It's not always the fault of the person sitting in the pew. That room has to be made for the Holy Spirit to move, and I think that's what's wrong. I think people are not making room for it anymore. People would love to see the power of God in operation. Oh, they're so hungry. But Denise, while you were thinking, uh, speaking all that, I was thinking, what if I had something that would really change somebody's life? And I said, you know what? I'm not going to give it to them. What kind of a person would I be if I could easily give it and it would totally transform their life? And I would say, I'm just, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to tell them. I'm just going to let them suffer. Well, when we have the gifts of the Holy Spirit in us, which are going to transform people's lives, and we don't let them operate through us, that's exactly what we do. Well, Rick, that's exactly what he said to me a few years ago because I had seen him move, and then I decided, oh, Lord, I'm tired of walking up to that platform and and doing that. Let somebody else do that. And that's what he said, exactly what he said to me. He said, okay, so you're going to just let those people, whoever is willing to take that, whoever's willing to use their faith and receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not me. I couldn't heal anybody. It's him. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. And you know what the Holy Spirit does? He moves. If we say yes, he moves. And so it, it's, I think it's more simple than we make it, Rick. Well, we have to learn, but we're out of time, Denise. Yeah. But hey, we're praying for you to know more about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And when we come back tomorrow night, we're going to talk about the next gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Go to bed and sleep well. Bye-bye. If that teaching helped you, would you please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it?